everybody, I'm David Gadbury, lead pastor of Summit Church, and I just want to welcome you to Thoughtful Thursday Bible Study. We believe that studying the Bible and uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not something that you leave your brain at the door for. Uh, we believe that we should study and develop our thinking around the Word of God. As the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse uh, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind because that's what the Word of God does when you study it. It transforms you. And so today I want to just take a few minutes and all of these uh, Bible studies, these Thoughtful Thursday Bible studies are just simply going to be us taking scripture and talking just for a few minutes about it because I just want to dig a little deeper. I think we, we don't realize that when we just go to church on the weekends and that's all that we do, if we're not going every week, then I mean, if we're going every week, it's only like 52 weekends a year, which would equate to about, you know, less than a hundred hours. And so, uh, think about that. Think, think about that a hundred hours for the year. And if we're not really attending, we, we need to, uh, we need to get busy getting together with the body of Christ. But if you want to even go beyond that, then you need to spend some time studying in the word for yourself because that personal discipleship or that personal discipline of learning the word of God, praying and seeking the face of God, that's all important part of discipleship. And so if you're going to be a disciple, it's very important that we do these things. So it's just another opportunity for us to do it together. And so I just want to encourage you, invite your friends, you come along. I'm going to try to do these every Thursday for a period of time. And let's just see if we can't learn some things together about the Word of God. And so today, I just wanted to share with you for a few minutes about uh, something that I think is very important. And that is who God called us to be. You know, a lot of times people are running around. They're wondering, "What, God, what do you want for me? What, what is my role here? What is your purpose for me? You know, we've all read that purpose-driven life and all of that. And, you know, God's purpose for you is that you live life as an ambassador for his kingdom. If you're a believer, if you've come into relationship with Jesus, if, he's, if you've been born again, listen, then your role is to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. This is not a mystery. This is not something you have to wait around and say, God, what do you want me to do? I don't know what you want me to do. He's already told us what he wants us to do and how to get started. Represent the kingdom. And so the way we think should be kingdom-minded. Being a part of the kingdom of God should be what informs every other decision that we make. We are good stewards of kingdom responsibility. In other words, we need to be faithful to the word of God and to what God has called us to do, and that is to represent him to a lost and dying world. There are people who do not know God. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. So if you feel like there's not necessary for you to share your faith as a believer, you feel like it's not necessary to evangelize as a believer, and you assume that everybody knows about Jesus, it, the point isn't about knowing about Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. So when Jesus came, his whole ministry was to reconcile people back to God. Uh, and then when he left and sent the Holy Spirit, he gave that ministry to us. The Bible literally says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are ambassadors of our king and his kingdom. And it's as if Jesus is pleading to the world through us 
to come back to a relationship with the Father. And so, listen, that's a big responsibility, and it's important that we do it. And so a lot of what the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter and the Apostle James and all of the apostles and gospel writers and uh, writers of the Bible are articulating is how to do that, how to be that. And so I want to encourage you today with uh, a, a, um, a scripture in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter, uh, let me see here, Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to read starting with verse 2. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, and here's what it says. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So I want to just share this with you, what the Apostle Paul is saying. So here is the Apostle Paul. He's in prison, and, but he's continuing ministry. He's writing letters to the churches. He's instructing them on how uh, to pray, what to pray, how to be that representative of the kingdom of God, how to, to reach for those who are far away from God and bring them into the loving embrace of the, of the Father. This is what our job is. This is what our role is that we would be those ambassadors, that we would represent the kingdom we're from well. So this is why we can't think of ourselves as American Christians. We have to think of ourselves as Christian Americans. We can't think of ourselves uh, by our ethnicity. You don't add things to Christian. You just, we are Christian. That informs everything we are, everything we do. Our ethnicity, our socioeconomic background, our uh, uh part of the world we live in, whatever the case, we are not something Christian. We are Christian, period. And being a part of the kingdom of God informs our family relationships. It informs our friendships. It informs our career. It informs our way of thinking. We should be thinking, living, and doing with a biblical worldview. The filter through which we see the world and the realities of the world is the filter of the Bible, the Word of God, and our relationship with God. And so it's very important that we do that. So the Apostle Paul, he's in chains, he's in prison, but he's continuing the message as he's writing to this church at Colossae. And he's saying, listen, here's how you do this. And the first thing he says is devote yourself to prayer. Listen, we can't treat prayer like it's a secondary thing. A lot of times we treat prayer like it's something we do when we need something from God, so we go ask him. And that's a part of prayer, and it's a really great part of prayer, but it's not all there is. Listen, prayer is that communion with God, that time spent in a relationship with him, that 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 conversation that is, that is harmonious and loving and, a, and an opportunity for us to align our lives with his will and his purpose. You know what really prayer is? It's this opportunity for us to allow God to manifest his will in our lives. This is why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's saying, look, uh, what you have planned, manifest it through our lives. That's what prayer does. It aligns us with him so that his will, his purpose, his kingdom comes through us. 
And so that that is why we pray. And he, and he says this, devote yourself to prayer. In other words, make time to pray. Don't pray when you get a chance. Don't pray when there's an opportunity. No, make time to pray. Devote yourself to it. Commit yourself to it. Not a word we like to use a lot in our culture, but man, so important. So he's saying commit to prayer, being watchful and thankful. In other words, we come to God in this time of prayer with gratitude and thanksgiving for what he's done, but also with being watchful. Where's the Holy Spirit moving? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Being watchful for opportunities to, to carry the gospel into someone else's life. I mean, I really believe with all of my heart that some of the times we're missing opportunities to reach people simply because we're not paying attention. Maybe we're too busy. Maybe our minds are too full. Maybe we don't have any margin in our life, so we never stop to see it. But those opportunities are there if we'll devote ourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful. And then he goes on to say, hey, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. And so that's that's what we really want to do. We, we, we want that opportunity. And so pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders, pray for other brothers and sisters in Christ who are being equipped to do the work of the ministry and then share your faith and believe God to give you open doors. Here's Paul in jail, in prison saying, pray for an open door for us to get out and come to you or for us to move to the next level or for us to uh, reach other people. Paul reached people around him, like in jail, those jailers became saved and followed God. And he like built his own church right there in jail because he was so filled with faith and believed so much in the gospel of Jesus. And that's how we need to be as well. So he says, for our message, so that we proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I'm in chains. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. You know, one of the things I think we're having a problem with in our culture today, in Christian culture, is that we lack clarity. You know, man, it, it's so real that we we lack clarity. We we start putting other things in the gospel. We start adding, you know, humanistic ideology into the gospel. We start we start adding things that we think make it more relevant to people. And truthfully, the Apostle Paul said, listen, the most important thing about the gospel is that it be clear. You know, being a, a leadership coach and an organizational leadership coach and, and uh, constantly studying organization, organizational leadership and business and, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of different organizations, one of the biggest problems organizations have is a lack of clarity because it's hard to follow someone when there's no clear vision. And the gospel is such clear vision. Oh, it's not simplistic, but it is simple. It's not complicated. It is complex, but it's simple in its presentation. And we need to, to, to stop adding so much stuff to it. Stop getting bogged down by being overwhelmed by culture. We need to literally just keep the first thing, the first thing. Jesus is our savior. He is our Lord. He paid the penalty for our sins. He loves us, cares about us. And if we'll receive him, believe him and follow him, he will change our lives. All we need to do is repent and, and accept him as our Lord and Savior. Listen, that is the gospel. And when we start making it about all this other stuff, trying to be relevant, you don't need to do that because the gospel in and of itself is relevant all by itself. I remember being in Cambodia and I was witnessing to some Buddhist monks and they had no frame of reference for Jesus, no historical frame of reference, no uh, biblical frame of reference, no cultural frame of reference. They just did not know who he was. And we kept saying, Jesus, Jesus. And they were saying, 
Who is Jesus? And, and, and I got overwhelmed for a moment. I said, well, how do I start here? I mean, if no one has a frame of reference for Jesus, how do you even begin to talk to them about Jesus? And so uh, really the Holy Spirit just ministered to my heart and said, just tell them the truth. Just begin to tell them who Jesus was. And so I said, Jesus was the son of God and that, and that he died for our sins and why he needed to die for our sins and that if we'll believe on him, he can change our lives and so much. And, and so as I got in this conversation, revelation began to happen. Here's why. Because the truth of the word of God resonates with the heart of man. The Bible says God has given every man a measure of faith. In Ecclesiastes, it says this, it this way. He says, God has placed eternity in our hearts. So there's this longing in man for God. There's this need for God. And they don't know necessarily that's what it is. And sometimes they reject it. And sometimes they don't want it. And sometimes they push it away. But the truth is, when you speak the true word of God, the Holy Spirit takes that word and it resonates with the heart of man. And so as I'm sitting here telling them this, it just it just began to open their minds and their eyes and their hearts. This is why it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the truth of the word of God, it opens up your mind, your heart, and your spirit to receive that word and get a revelation of who God is. So we don't need to bog it down. We need a clear message. We need to pray that our message will be clear and that our message will literally touch the heart of people. And then he says in verse five, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Now listen, this is a very important part of witnessing or being an ambassador for the kingdom of God is that we make the most of every opportunity. When we get that opportunity to share our faith, make the most of it. But the way that you make the most of it is that you are wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Man, sometimes we are making a mess of this. What, what, what needs to happen is that we do carry the truth of God and, and we can't allow the overwhelming shift in our the morality of our culture to cause us to begin to fight flesh over that. Uh, the Bible says we wrestle not against people, but against spiritual wickedness. So we, we have to keep the first thing first. And we have to understand where our fight is and that our job with them is to see them as far from God, bound, chained up, needing freedom. And so instead of looking at people who are far from God as, ooh, you're bad, you're no good, you're not. No, we see them as needing help and lost sheep. And we go after them to help them and bring them into the fold. That's the way we look at the outsider. So that's the way we must treat the outsider. And by outsider, I just mean people who don't know Jesus, people who are far from God. So the way we act towards them is very important. And it can't be self-righteous. It can't, it can't be um, hateful. It can't be mean-spirited because then your words are incongruent with your actions, which is the very reason so many people run from Christians because they see Christians who say one thing and do another. And so it's very important that we as believers act towards unbelievers with love and grace and compassion. And if you think that's not what he's talking about, let's look at the very next verse. He says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. That's a, de that's a, a, a definite reference to being a city that sets on a hill, being the light of the world, being the salt of the earth. He's saying that we should flavor the earth with the flavor of God. We should, we should be that salt that seasons life. And he said, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see, everyone's not the same. 
Everyone doesn't receive things the same. And when we are witnessing to people or representing the kingdom of God to people, we need to make sure that we're following the Holy Spirit and that we're declaring the word of God and that we're doing it in love and in compassion and words filled with grace and love. Listen, you can know the Bible inside out. You can argue the points of apologetics inside out. You can do it all. But the truth is, if you do all that without love and grace, then you are making a mess and you need to stop. God will give us the opportunities to speak to people. We need to be watching for them. God will give us opportunities to share faith with people who so desperately need him. But when we do it, we must know that everyone is not the same and we must treat everyone as an individual, not as a group. And we need to reach out to them in love and care, knowing that they need God, just like one day we needed God. And we need to remember what that was like. And we need to reach out to them in a way that's congruent. Our words and our actions meeting up. Our, 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 our truth and love standing side by side in an effort to say, let me introduce you to the thing, the one you've been looking for and didn't know it. That's what it means. That's what it is. And the Apostle Paul told us how to do it. He taught us to be wise towards outsiders, to make the most of the opportunities that we're given, and that we be filled with grace in our conversation, and that we know how to answer each individual person. And if we do things this way, then we will know how to answer them in every moment. So this week, be watching. Be watching and waiting for opportunities to make a difference in people's lives. And let's see if God won't use you as an ambassador for his kingdom to bring people into his kingdom. That's what we're called to do, make disciples. We're called to make disciples. Every single believer, every single born-again Christian, it's your calling to make disciples. If you're wondering around, if you're wondering around going, what is it God wants me to do? He wants you to make disciples. The last thing Jesus said when he left this earth is he said, go and make disciples. So I just want to encourage you, let's do that today. Thank you for joining me for this Thoughtful Thursday Bible study. And I know it's going to be good as we continue to go along. Please send your questions in, send your comments in. If you have prayer requests, please send those prayer requests. But we're going to try to do this every Thursday. And I want you to be a part of it. God bless you. Thank you so much.